Today we're asking the question, does marketing have a seat at the table? And by table, we mean at the top circle of C-suite executives in the running to be promoted to CEO of a company. Spark's head of strategy, Marco Iannucci, is here to explain where CEOs traditionally came from, how marketing has changed, and how CMOs will become more highly valued than ever before. That's right. How's it going, Vanessa? Pretty good. I'm Vanessa Zucker, Spark's marketing manager and your host. Tweet us at SparkPR with your take on the changing marketing landscape and what you think the future holds for CMOs. So, Marco... Where did CEOs used to come from, if not the CMO? Well, used to is is interesting because I think it's it's still right now. Mm. Um, I think we're this is a pretty hot topic in the marketing world right now. The CMO role changing so so frequently, and uh, we'll get into it. But traditionally, and you can look at any list, Fortune 500, Forbes, wherever. Um, if you're thinking, you know, about 75 to 80 percent are promoted within, uh, 20 coming from the outside. The substantial area is in the COO side, chief operating officer, as well as any kind of general management sort of position, presidency, maybe presidency of a of a major country or area, like a, an APAC or Europe or or, or whatnot, and. Um, I think it's obvious why, you know, when you're talking about running a company, especially running a big company, you have to have some operational know-how because a lot of the value you're going to drive is from where you can minimize operational legs, shall we say, Um, and that kind of helps increase your value as you're driving inventory or warehousing costs down, logistics. That, That kind of thinking has been because that historic big company is set in its ways. Um, it's not, it may have an innovation lab that's constantly continuing the innovation. So really where you're driving value is getting a hold of the costs. That other side, uh, the president side is, well, if you're running a country or if you're running an, a division of a continent or however you want to set up the structure of what region you're looking at, um, you have that already capable understanding at a smaller scale. So if you're running a region, then you understand what it takes to run that region. So potentially you're being pegged and groomed to kind of supersede as the person to take over everything because you run that that region so optimally compared to the past. So that's kind of where typical CEOs come from. I see. What has changed in marketing that makes the CMO a candidate for this now? So I think a lot's changed, and I tried, I really thought about this, uh, how do we bring it down, or sorry, how do we break it down into a few areas that really are driving most of the fundamental changes for the CMO, and what that leads to. So kind of how I I thought about it was in, in four pieces. There are two pieces that have fundamentally changed how the CMO's role is is done today and what those two changes have caused, giving two buckets of expertise for the CMO that I think is the future of what a CMO is. And because of that future is gonna have a huge weight at the C-suite in what 
the, the offer is of the CMO that's coming to the table. So um, let's start with the two buckets I, I referred to that had the biggest change. I think the first, and without a doubt, everyone's going to know exactly where I'm going, is technology. Um, the nature of the work. Um, I kind of look at it in three, three ways. The first is obviously the transformation of those digital products and offerings that we have at our disposal. I've, I think I've said this before in the past, but you know, 10 years ago, maybe three to 5% of your budget was internet spend. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, 70, 80, 85 was you know, traditional marketing, which was your, you know, your TV, your print, your at home. So that shift of you know, digital being 50, plus percent and if you look at any startup in the valley here it's probably closer to 85 90 that shift has created substantial changes to how a cmo operates or head of marketing for the for this topic we'll just stick with cmo but it refers to anyone who holds the highest position in marketing at a company So those digital products and offerings keep changing at a, at a rapid pace. And the tools and tricks that you have to do as a CMO to understand those changes uh, has substantially shifted the way you can market to consumers and customers. Because of that technology, it led to AI and machine learning substantially having uh, a role on how you analyze the data. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has had a huge impact on sort of the financial shift of the marketer and performance. And lastly, uh, because of those two changes, you're seeing CMOs think way more like like a CTO when it comes to marketing. So there's definitely this component of what's the next technology that's going to give me the advantage? What are those techni- technologies going to have an impact on how I market? Uh, and um, that shift is sort of just the nature of the work we're in, and it's just going to keep uh, evolving in a pace that marketing hasn't seen traditionally. Yeah. Are you saying that you can quantify more things as opposed to it being considered an art form now? Yes. In short answer is yes, and as much as... Um, this, this this is a whole other podcast talk, but we can quantify qualitative research, which to me is one of the breakthroughs for marketing from a testing perspective and uh, a messaging perspective. So that shift alone, which took three to six months, can be done in less than 15 days. So that alone has, has completely changed the game for CMOs. And because of that, you're starting to look more and more like a CFO and CEO Mm -hmm. as it applies to the way, the discipline marketing. Mm -hmm. So what's bucket number two? Bucket number two is the personalization, um, which comes from the technology. Um, And by personalization, I mean your ability to understand your customer or consumer better than ever before. There used to be a time in consumer packaged goods um, and some other big, big industries where when someone said audience, you would say, oh, my audience is 20 to 55 (laughs) who like hair care products. Well, I think those days you can pretty much say are over. You can't say you're a mass consumer brand anymore and say that you, you appeal to everyone. Because of AI and machine learning and the technology products that are coming on the digital side, making sense of that da- that data and then designing for that date 
for the results of that data has made the CMO become ever more in touch with the personalization of the marketing message to an individual. Mm -hmm. So you're hearing a lot more um, niche audiences, uh, segmented upon segmented audiences. It's really our ability to make sense of data and design for that data in, I guess you can almost say rapid deployment because a rapid deployment for CMO could mean that you could do it in the next week, not take six months to analyze data or three months to analyze research findings. And that kind of goes hands in hand, hand in hand with sociology and sociographics. So that's the second point on personalization. Because we have this ability to track, we're starting to see that the technology is, is yielding the ability to understand a consumer to a, a depth we just didn't have in the past. That alone is changing what you might even need to study coming out of college or university or whatever higher learning education you're going to have that's going to replace whatever university is in 15 years. Yeah. Um, the the psych, psychology, but it's, it's really it's the sociology behind what's happening and what you're making of a message across different elements and touch points in the marketing funnel. I, I mean, you, you used, we used to talk about user touch points as maybe 10, and that was a lot. Oh my God, 10 user touch points throughout a, a customer life cycle. We're seeing things that say 72, 75 touch points. 72 to 75 touch points. Wow. The amount of data analysts you need to even make an attribution model for that uh, is is just mind-boggling. But it is our world today, and because of it, we can get that personalization. And finally, the way the content is made is very different. It's more, much more inviting what I think we've understood and why you need to be personalized. And I, I think that's why we're hearing the words authenticity and trust in marketing is you do not own the message as a brand anymore. It is a two-way communication. And so how you develop content and the quality of that content has to be significantly smarter than before. You cannot get away with making ad-lib comments that don't mean anything to your brand. This is why we see corporate social responsibility coming to the light. That is by far a result of marketing. No matter what anyone says, that is a marketing issue from technology that we have to be more corporate socially responsible than ever before. And if you want long-term value with a consumer, you have to keep that channel open as though, hey, here's what I think, what do you think? Let's come to a conclusion together here. Let's keep you engaged. Yeah. I call those two buckets technology and personalization um, as the easiest way of thinking of why the CMO role has changed. So what do these buckets lead to for the CMO or marketer? Yeah, so this this is to me the, the crux of why a CMO is going to be looked at as a CEO in the very near future um, if it hasn't been happening. And I, I've seen some name changing, which I'm not happy about, and I'll get to, um, if you remind me, uh, of what people are calling this role now, because I think it's it's a little bit of BS. Uh, of course, leave it to marketers to reinvent names that uh, mean the same thing you're already doing. Um, but the two buckets I call, I have named as the two areas, and one is the obvious is strategy, and the other area is flexibility. So because of performance metrics, you're ever more responsible for the bottom line. Yep. So it's not that a marketer wasn't strategic. They absolutely were strategic. That's why you have winners and losers in the market. 
but you're more viewed from the rest of the C-suite now as being more strategic because you have numbers to back up everything you do. All right, and so that fundamental change makes you look like an individual who has a financial analysis into what the work is that you're doing on the marketing side. And so there's a, a level sort of of respect coming in saying that, well, not only is the marketer saying we need a change in our messaging, they can prove with numbers why it's not working. All right, so all of a sudden you add the number element to it and it's become a strategic conversation marketing. And because of that, you need to then demonstrate those performance metrics on a weekly, monthly basis and quarterly basis. And so you have to have short-term wins versus long-term gains. So your long-term strategy is where you want to be in the 18 months. And we kind of touched on this on our podcast with, with goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics. But you have to demonstrate short-term wins because that's a board. That's the C-suite. That's what keeps the company moving and so that is much more the way a president looks at their company it's much more the way a, a typical COO looks at their company um, and so more than ever before strategically the role has changed of a CMO in the light of others and I say that because I think it's a disservice to try to say marketers were never strategic right. I think everyone just has that picture of advertisers madmen and smoking cigarettes and brainstorming and coming up with some brilliant idea and everyone's like that's all marketing does uh we still do that we may not use cigarettes anymore <laughs> uh we may not drink at the office um but ideas can come from anywhere but now we have to have the kpis to justify the idea right because before we could get away with just showing that the product sold more than it did six months ago what about flexibility yeah i'm calling it flexibility i think to me that stems from the COO role. Marketing today, more than ever before, is an operational nightmare. You are running marketing operations. If you have technologies in place to measure your results, the amount of technologies any one marketer has at a, ma a massive company can sometimes be upwards in the double digits. And some don't talk to one another. You have teams running in silos analyzing data. You know, one team's on the CRM side. The other team is analyzing digital campaigns. One team's still looking at your traditional print and TV. Then those three blend and they haven't spoken in a while. And there's a thought leadership strategy going on on the content side. And so that's being uh, worked on in, in terms of long form content in a silo. So everyone has their own goals. They're all using tools. and. I, I still think we're not there on the dashboard side of understanding what the overall picture is. And that is starting to look like the operations of a traditional company. I see. But for the marketing role. Yeah. And so because you have these operations and you have all this data, you are pivoting at a moment's notice when you see results, A-B testing, um, you know, any kind of social advertising we're doing, we have numbers attached to it immediately. Um, we're seeing flexibility in the way we choose to spend money with agencies. And traditionally, you'd want your retainer model. Retainer models are starting to turn into quarterly models because you never know when a piece of content's gonna resonate with consumers and you wanna throw more money behind that one piece rather than saying, well, I've got 20K a month, I'm gonna burn 20K a month. It's like, no, I have 16 a quarter, find me that golden nugget and shoot 40K behind it, all right? Those are operational decisions happening. I kind of tell a lot of people here that I, I feel 
both excited and sorry for the new generation of marketers coming in because machines are doing substantial amount of work that was tended to be done by the marketer. Oh, yeah. And if a marketer isn't at the level of data analysis and str strategy coming in at the lower level, um, they're going to start losing to the consulting firms of the world because they're going to be poaching the same type of people. What is left in marketing is the strategic analysis. So you are functioning like the president or a CEO for marketing specifically. And why I call it flexibility is because all these tools have given the marketer more flexibility than ever before to pivot on a long-term strategy. I'm not saying change the strategy. I'm saying it, it, it allows you to test it and pivot and tweak it far more regularly and at greater speed than ever before. And it's those marketers who have a pulse on that that are gonna win. And that is how you run companies. And marketers tend to already have that sort of vision and, and attitude of vision in their blood. So that the issue of running a company and being a, a leader in a company in my opinion, isn't their challenge. Their challenge was they never had this genetic look of a regular company within the department itself. And I think that flexibility has completely changed the game for a marketer. I mean, you have to be so much more strategic than ever before in marketing because you have numbers and because you're running an operation. With machine learning and AI and, and the digital platforms, I kid you not, you're running an operational business within a vertical of a company. <laughs> yeah, I so, see it every day. So what is the new name that they've come up with? Oh, uh, it's, I mean, I see it at every level. And it drives me nuts. They're calling this new, this new title growth marketing. And I think Coke, Coke did it too. They said they're getting rid of their CMO and they're calling it their chief growth officer. And it just drives me nuts. Because in what world do we live in today? where we think marketing isn't supposed to grow your business. Right. Like, how has that ever not been the case? To try to call it growth marketing now? No, I mean, I I'm having to hold myself back from swearing into this mic right now for, <laughs> for the sheer stupidity of this title Yeah, it's position. not just for funsies. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we're going to call it growth marketing, and it means uh, speed, and, and we have to, like, grow the business. And it's like, what do you think marketing was supposed to do in the first place? You just got caught on the lazy marketers like any job who sat behind, you know, the, the glass wall of research and pie in the sky ideas of whether the number was moving or not and, you know, gray brand awareness campaigns. But the winning marketers are always focused on growth. That isn't something new. That's something that's not going to ever change. I have to say, I think it's quite possibly the dumbest term I've seen in the last decade for marketing as it relates to a position in marketing. I get when people said we needed content strategists. I got when people said we needed a social media manager expert. Uh, this one boggles me because it's just some, some people in Silicon Valley who decided that that was the best way they were going to pay pennies on the dollar for a smart person by calling it growth marketing. Mm. And it's a shame, but it is what it is. Um, you know, hey, Coke did it. So we'll see if other people call this growth marketing so. all right so i'm gonna say that our answer to does marketing have a seat at the table is a hundred percent it has seat at the table <laughs> of course of course it does what else it, are we gonna say <laughs> um I, well i hope i made the case that it we, we have that seat at the table i think we're we're a ways away from massive change uh i don't i don't think tomorrow all of a sudden 
you know, we're going to start hearing more and more CMOs are, are being promoted, but we're getting crafty. There's, there's hybrid roles coming up with like the chief strategy officer, the chief sales officer. And I don't think this is like autonomous driving. I don't think everyone's like, oh, autonomous driving, but we're 10 years away from it from five years ago when we started hearing about autonomous driving. I think we're going to start seeing this role in five years. I think we're going to start seeing more and more of this, oh, the CMO being promoted from within. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of COOs are starting to take more of a CMO responsibility as well. I think we're going to see a lot of that too now. Yeah, that's possible for sure. Um, where uh, marketing is going to fall under their plate because some CEO is going to decide that marketing is an operational function now because of the technology <laughs> and stick it under the, the COO. But the position itself has changed. It's never been more exciting to be a marketer because you have to be authentic, because you have to prove to the consumer every day why they, your brand should matter. And I think that relationship is going to have an impact at the C-suite level. Awesome. Well, I totally agree in my biased opinion. But I want to know what you, the listener, thinks. Uh, remember to tweet us at SparkPR with all of your questions and predictions about marketing, and we'll get back to you on a future episode. Thanks for joining, Marco. Yeah, no problem. And if you uh, have any questions on my end, always you can treat me at Nucci Style. That's N-U-C-C-I Style. I'm happy to answer any questions or if it comes through the uh, Spark channels. Always, always available. Sounds good. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Vanessa.